0: This is the Iowa State Athletics Sidecast. This Sidecast is brought to you by VanWall Equipment. Visit any VanWall location today to test drive the full lineup of John Deere compact utility tractors with the power and versatility to conquer anything this season. I'm John Walters. Today's Sidecast is a visit with former Iowa State All-American distance runner Gore Maker, whose life story reads like a Hollywood script and in fact was made into a documentary entitled Runner. Gore escaped war-torn Sudan to come to the United States, but eight of his nine siblings were killed in that country's civil war. After running for the Cyclones, Gore ran the 2012 Olympic Marathon under the Olympic flag rather than representing Sudan. Then, in 2016, in Rio, he was South Sudan's flag bearer for the opening ceremonies before competing again. It's an incredible story. We hope you'll enjoy this visit with Gore Maker. Gore, I understand it was a a very long and winding and tragic road for you to come to the United States. Explain how you ended up in Egypt and then in New Hampshire and then ultimately in Ames as a runner for Iowa State University. Obviously, I came to the
1: U.S. as a refugee. And we to South Sudan. In this case, Sudan and South Sudan was, was one country when I was there. And uh, 1999, that's when my uncle and I and his family, we flew to Egypt, to refugees in Egypt. And we refuge there. And then 2001, that's when we came to the United States and we first settled in New Hampshire. So I went to high school there and then eventually <laughs> to Cyclones Nation. So, so it's been
0: kind of that kind of journey. When you came to America, you couldn't speak English and all of a sudden, here you are. How did you tackle that challenge?
1: I had to watch a lot of cartoons, children cartoons, like Sesame Street and all of that. And I was listening to kids a lot I would go to the park and listen to the kids and wherever they are playing I would be just sitting there right next to them and try to pay attention what they were saying because I could not understand what adults people were talking about <laughs> you know I thought people were talking through their nose and everything was dark I was kind of what's going on here I could not understand anything so pretty much I start everything from scratch uh, learning ABCD learning a small vocabulary and we used to have a image And then through image there, we just fell underneath the image what the name of that thing is, either animals or food, name of food, or, okay, I'm going this way. My name is so-and-so. It was just like that, slowly, slowly. So I put a lot of uh, work into it, especially right after school, I was doing a lot of work. I would be pretty much in a book, in a book throughout because that was the only way I believed then as a way out and it's the fastest way to learn English. And also when I start track and field in New Hampshire, in Concord, I ended up being a lot of friends, and I learned through that it was much easier. So that's how I tackled it.
0: You lost eight siblings and 28 members of your family in Sudan's Civil War. So many people would have given up hope. How were you able to keep hope?
1: Basically, with the people around me and also looking my, my my family, hearing them that are still back in South Sudan, that was kind of giving me a hope of life. And also seeing the opportunity that I, I have gotten in front of me, that was a thing that there's no way. Uh, the life I've been through, the one I'm facing right now, it cannot be harder than the life I already had. So the only way for out is just to make sure I, I, I succeed. If people can support me then it's my job now to be consistent and push myself to to maximum so I can succeed and so I can help those back home, especially my family and and the kid across our Sudan.
0: Today's Sidecast is brought to you by Van Wall Equipment. Van Wall Equipment and John Deere are proud to support Iowa's farmers in the field and Iowa State Athletics on the field. Did the chance to compete for the Cyclones and for Coach Corey Emel's give you a bit of an escape for a few hours a day to take your thoughts to a, a really peaceful place?
1: It has it, it really really helps a lot uh, I think when I first came to Iowa State it was it was amazing and I think Cora and the Iowa State Compliance Office for giving me such an opportunity to be able to come here clueless about everything not having a good qualification that I uh, other student would have or my teammate had but again and Iowa State gave me opportunity. And when I came here, it was a community. It was just a family. We were all together, teammates, coach. Coach Heimel was there all the time. And he always called me, gee, what's going on today? And every time I smiled, he just said, you made my day. And when I'm not smiling, he knows there is something deep bothering me. And he always pulled me on the side and said, okay, gee, what's going on today? Most of the time, here, I am in his office. And even when I don't have an appointment there, he always pulled me on the side and said, okay, what's going on? Because he kind of knew indirectly the deep kind of pain I was feeling. And uh, and my team and none of them actually were aware of all the things I was going through. But again, it's something I, sh- I didn't want to show to anybody. Uh, because my job at Iowa State is to perform maximum and and to and to deliver what I, I have been brought here to do in this case and both academic and also uh, athletic. But it was a good community and Iowa State is always gonna be my home and once it's a cyclone it's a cyclone. So so that was it was amazing. And that kinda always take me away from every time there's a lot of challenge, my teammates were always there and Kyle Ewell was always there. Lisa Cole back then, Lisa Ewell now. They were amazing. They were always a lot of teammates. Jory Zunick, Brandon Rooney, and Liz goes on. It was just amazing. We were all collected from all over the world. Hilary Bohr, Alpha Sang from Kenya, and all of that. We pretty much was a family. And we look right and left, and front and back. We know we, we, we care for each other. So that was a a strong bond, and that's kind of helped me. And I think, too, some of the guys may have also been going through a, quite a bit of challenge, too, but having there, having our back, it was it was quite a bit special.
0: After college, in 2012, you competed in the Olympic Marathon in London under the Olympic flag. Take us through that part of the journey, and I know it's there's a lot of layers to it, but tell us how that all came about.
1: It was quite a special. That opportunity, again, it was all the community, the people who knew me, and the community I lived in, in this case, Concord, New Hampshire, and the entire state of New Hampshire, and then I Iowa State here too. Everyone just came together and supported me and allowed me to had to get to get that opportunity. But it was it was amazing the way it came about because I was trying. First, I I went and ran a marathon and I made the time. But then later on, it was difficult for me to go just directly and compete like any other athletes from any country because I did not have a country at that time. I was not a South Sudanese citizen even though I was born there but in paper I was not because the country South Sudan is split off from the Sudan right after while I was here and I was not a US citizen at that time. So the case became quite challenging to even the IOC which is International Olympic Committee so it became very very difficult for them to to know what to do it was the first time there were a couple athletes competed before but they had a country the only thing they were lacking of it was the Federation but in my case I did not have Federation I didn't have a country and all of that so they had to find a way to accommodate me initially they said no we never done this before, so we don't know what to do. They suggest that I should compete. I uh, compete for Sudan, uh, which I refused. There was just no way. My choice was okay, either I let it go, this Olympic go, and focus on 2012, because if I do that, I'm betraying my people basically. And that was the whole thing. But again, later on, it broke into the media. Through was my friend at the time. And he came to me. He was a lawyer. He came to me and talked to me. And later on, he became my manager. And I told him, this is what is going on. He said, well, if you want, I can help you a little bit and see what we can do. And that's when he went ahead and, and contacted his friends and all of that. And Chicago Turbine just picked it up right away. And that was it. Everything just started going so fast within 24 hours and a couple days later I was granted the opportunity to to compete at London 2012. Uh, So I actually arrived three days after the opening ceremony and that's when I found out I'm going (laughs) to the Olympics. Uh, So that's how it came about Uh, but I let audience watch the documentary and see a lot of detail of it.
0: Cyclone fans get my new favorite Cyclone shirt, the Corey by Authentic Brand. The stylish half-zip features Buttersoft scuba knit performance fabric. Visit one of our fine retailers near you or order online at authentic-brand.com for fast, free delivery. There's a lot more to the story. (laughs) You're right. I want to just jump ahead one year, and then I'm going to ask you about the 2016 Olympics. But in 2013, you were reunited with your parents... After 20 years apart in, as you mentioned, newly founded South Sudan, that had to be a very emotional meeting.
1: It was tough. It was very, very tough. And I don't want to take a a lot out of what is already in the documentary. I hope everyone who is going to listen to this will see it. I mean, at least will watch it and get a piece of it and understanding. But it was was a very, very tough time with a very emotional kind of reunion. Not seeing your family for that long. Uh, that was tough, tough time. But at the end of the day, it was great because I have seen my family and they have seen in me. So that was the most important thing. But yeah, <laughs> it was an unbelievable moment.
0: I want to take you now to the 2016 Rio Olympics. And you were the flag bearer for South Sudan in the opening ceremonies. Take me to that moment and explain to me your thoughts as you carried the flag for South Sudan.
1: No single word can describe the amount of feeling and the amount of relief I was feeling at that time, all along since tw- 2005, that has been dingling in my head and in my being, in my sh- it has been in my shoulders since then. That I wanted to do something to honor the million million of people who have lost their life because of that country. And so when I walk into the Rio de Janeiro stadium, I was <laughs> like I was walking in a high ground but i was so proud I, it was <laughs> i have never felt so excited like that it's actually the pain i had that day that's when it came out because i feel like this it i have been called to do something special to make uh something special even though there was no feeling for me that i am going to win a medal or something even though i did not win the medal at the end of the olympics but i think that was a most defining time, a moment in my career, running career, and be able to do that for the country who just got independent. uh, It was very, very special. And I hope a lot of South Sudanese across the country and all over the world have seen it. And I give the baton to them and say, this is your baton. So carrying that flag, they basically just show to them, this is yours. And now you can take it from here and you're the one gonna win the goal. And I if I can do what I can do to support them and make sure they, they go out there and carry the flag and win the medal, that's gonna be the most proud moment ever. Uh and I will live leave this world later on and know that I have left something for the for the future generation of South Sudanese and also across the world and the refugees, uh, which is a, the the group kinda I represent when I went to London. So all of those people to show them, there is a hope. And if you can play your part and allow other people to help you, I think there is always an opportunity out there.
0: Gore, it it takes a special person, when somebody's been through everything that you had been through, to think of others. A lot of people would just think about themselves and have pity for themselves because they've been through so much. You channeled that into doing something positive to help others. Why did you do that?
1: Well, in life, the way I believe that I learned at a really young age from my father that what you do to yourself, it never get recognized and it never stays. It never lasts. You can't benefit from it at the moment. You're not going to benefit from it. It's not the most satisfying thing you can do. to By doing it f- to others, that's the most satisfying thing, even if you don't gain anything from it as individual. And that is a kind of thing I learned at a really young age. And also my father, when we were kids, he used to wake up at 4 a.m. in the morning, 5 a.m. in the morning and walk about a couple of miles to the farm. And he was farmed there all day. He would come back around 7 o'clock, 8 o'clock at night. We used to take food to him, you see, and eat there at, at the farm. And all of the things, the farm he was doing, the grain he was making there, he always bring them and divide it to the, to the relatives you see so my father was a figure of the relatives in the community in the region uh, so when i saw like that he's sacrificing everything to uh, for others that's when i learned indirectly that the most important thing in life is to do things for others, not to yourself let the reward let it come to you but do it without expecting anything in return and that has been a, a big key for me. In initial running, was not my thing. And I knew that two Olympics, I had no chance to make medals, given the circumstance I was going through. But if I can leave a mark beyond, I'm pretty sure some kid somewhere, everywhere in the corner of the world will see it and take it seriously and hopefully it will change their life and that is the most important thing that's it. Uh, i would prefer that actually than winning a gold medals gold medal i would put on my neck but that's just me what about the other kid how is it going to impact the impact the other kid it was not even more not important than bringing the country to this st- to the world stage and allow them to see it and have the opportunity to be recognized that was the most important thing to me at least i can say <laughs> yes
0: on Football Saturdays, our John Deere Run of the Game is brought to you by Vanwall Equipment. Nothing runs like a deer, especially when supported by the team at Vanwall Equipment, the Cyclones John Deere dealer of choice. So the movie
1: runner, tell me how that all came about. The movie started right when I was in, tried to go to the Olympics in 2012. That's when the movie came about, a couple of weeks, right after I was rec- I was accepted to compete in London 2012. That's when uh, Bill Gallagher, who is a documentary director, went and read an article about my story. And that's when he was saying, wow, I have never heard such thing before. As someone declining to go to the Olympics, given opportunity and declined to go to the Olympics. I have never heard like that. Any athlete will jump up and try to and, and take that opportunity, but this person must have a deep personality, and I would like to be part of it, and I would like to tell his story through documentary. And that's when he reached out to me and say, Hey, Gore, would you mind if I do documentary? And back then, I didn't know what, what is documentary is about or different between documentary and the film. We communicated, and from there, we he sent me a little bit of camera and we started, and I was recording myself... Uh, through the things I was doing in London and from there the documentary actually was going to end right after the 2012 Olympics but then the story just keep adding substance into it and all of that and he's he just keep learning every time he interviewed me he keep learning a lot a lot of new things he said that is more into this one than just this couple of months, he said, we, we got to take a journey. So I invited him to go to South Sudan to see, I said, it would be unfortunate if we just tell the audience, this is a gorgeous life, but we're not going to where I came from. It's probably gonna be, uh, I think it's a good idea. you can see where I came from and all of that. And so that's how we take this story back to South Sudan and, and get all of that piece of it and put them together. So we went from, couple of months to seven years later, or eight, almost eight years later, he traveled worldwide pretty much collecting footage and gather more stories and all of that. Uh, so that's, that's how we came to, to a documentary. And here we now, we have runners.
0: <laughs> yeah. It's excellently done. And I'm curious, though, because you mentioned that when you were part of the Iowa State team that you didn't want to share your story with everybody else and Corey knew your story and he asked how you were doing every day but you didn't really want to burden anybody else with it why then have you decided now that you do want to share your story what changed
1: I came to realization that this story has to reach more audience because I think there are a lot of people who are also going through uh, through this and I also wanted to show the world what the war does to family. War destroyed a society, destroy a family, and here is what the war can do. And what can we learn from this kind of situations? Uh, not just mine, but all the other refugees, people in the U.S. We have our own issues. It's just differently. It's kind of like we are speaking French and English, but the, we are describing the same problem, right? This is how I looked at it, and I was saying, okay, I think I have opportunity here to show the world, and so people can learn, and what they can do to their neighbor, and if a new person comes to their community, what they can do, and that was the thing. Another thing, too, I didn't want to talk about it while I was in I was stayed, is because I thought it would destroy my focus, because the more I talk about it, the more I... It, it takes me back to, to that long time ago. And I end up losing focus. I end up getting distressed a lot. I kind of try to keep it on myself. I met with a couple a counselors here at Iowa State, and they tried to interview me. It, it was just not going anywhere because I could not resist. I could not hand, handle stay to, to, to focus and try to do interview. It was just no way. So that's how painful it was. And I also realized that, actually talking about it is what going to allow me to be free from this kind of a feeling. And so these three things were actually kind of made me say, okay, you know what, I think this is the time right now. And also to, I was in, immature now enough to understand that it's okay to talk about it. It's okay to let other people know because you may, you never know. Maybe you can also motivate other person to talk about their own issue too and with all of those collective issues we talk about it's gonna bring awareness and it's gonna make us to, to come to a conclusion to understanding of what we can do it's like back at the day people used to have a hard time talking about psychological stuff or mental mental health mm-hmm. and now it became more common and became more frequent and people understanding more and more What kind of mental health people are dealing with? But back in the day, it was bad. I could not talk about it. And so that's the kind of thing with my age, getting older and understand it's okay to talk about it. And that's the reason why I came to now to realize, hey, this is the time to to tell this story.
0: It's very good. And I appreciate you sharing the story with us. And I hope that everybody goes and and sees Runner because I think they're going to really experience a a beautiful story the way that that you have tried to help others. I, I think that's the thing that comes across. And in 2013, you became a U.S. citizen. Tell me why that was important to you.
1: It was really important because, again, be able to have that opportunity, right? grant that kind of belonging now i belong to the the country who helped nurture me u.s basically nurtured me i came from nothing and i become somebody i made it to two olympics it was huge at least 2012 it was all you united states was the one helping me even 2016 they were a big part of it so to be able to get a citizenship of united states that was amazing so i took it really serious and so good and i really appreciate and said this is important to me as a person and to be a citizen of the United States, that's used to me. And it also was used to my family and my country in South Sudan. So in 2016, I went to Rio and then I came back and I had to sit down and have serious thought of what I can do for the country who helped me. It helped me and become somebody. I have to do something. And that's when I decided, okay, the only way I can say thank you to the entire country has supposed to just say thank you to Iowa State or Concord, New Hampshire is to put on the uniform and serve in the military. And that is the decision I came up with. And And I'm so proud that I made that decision and I'm so proud that I am a United States citizen. <laughs> There's nothing you can ask more for that, <laughs> so.
0: That's a wonderful part of the story. And so you did, you became an airman in the US United States Air Force, again, not thinking of yourself, thinking of others, thinking of how you can give back. That's what your story is all about. Gore, thank you so much for taking the time and for doing all you've done for so many people. And I hope more people will learn of your story and about your story because you're impacting people in a very positive way.
1: Thank you very much. It's a, it's a pleasure to be back to Iowa State. And uh, it's a home, a home for me, cycling forever. And, uh, yeah, I I'm looking forward to the next what the life is going to bring and uh and also to all the Na- Cyclone Nation audience. Hopefully they get a a chance to see the documentary. And what I would want people to take away from this documentary is not not to feel about me as a Gore have gone through this story, but what can you take away from this story and apply to your own life, your own family, your own city your own state and the country. What can you do to play your part so we can make a change together? And so t- things like this do not happen because this is not a story for South Sudan alone or a refugee from a certain co- country. This can happen to any nation and the human history have ha, uh, have shown that from the Egyptian to Romans to to British to now United States and, and so on and so forth is a human cycle and the reason all of this happened is because sometimes we face these issues but we tend to ignore them and when they pass we tend to push them aside the and not actually take initiative and say okay what can we do so such so thing don't happen again so that's what I would want people to take away from that and hopefully Being that, we will make a change, and we will be in a better world. Thank you, Gore.
0: Today's Sidecast was brought to you by Van Wall Equipment. Stop by one of their locations and learn how to farm better, work smarter, and play harder when you run with Van Wall and John Deere. Thanks for listening.